0: You're listening to Out of the Box, a place for marketers to get inspired, get going, and break Out of the Box. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Jess Overton, and you're listening to Out of the Box, the marketing podcast exploring out-of-the-box approaches to marketing and growth. Today, I'm joined by Mick Rigby, CEO of the London-based marketing agency Yodel Mobile. Mick, thanks for joining us.
1: Hey Jess, no, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me on today.
0: It's great. Um, so perhaps we can start by giving a little bit of background uh, about you, your journey in the industry, and a little bit about Yodel Mobile as well.
1: Yeah, no, I'd absolutely love to. And I think this is where you put your black and white and your sepia glasses on because I've been doing this. Uh, I've been doing this mobile and app game since two thousand and seven. Um, my, my background is that uh, strategist, big agency, creative agency, that kind of stuff. And I'd love to say it was foresight, but um, I, I had a business and one of my clients said, hey, I'm, I'm launching this .wap app in Australia um, on a Nokia phone back, you know, uh, technology. Uh, can you help? And that's basically what happened. So we started working with, with, with that particular guy at the time and and then about two months later, the iPhone launched. Um, so that immediately changed, I guess, the space that we were in.
0: Talk about good timing.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah, it, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't because back back then. Yeah, we were we were in the mobile space. We were right, at, I guess, the cutting edge of the formation, the genesis of of the app marketplace, but that the. the The marketplace hadn't caught it up so you had a lot of businesses that you know were still getting into the digital space and mobile was nothing to them there there was no infrastructure there there was no desire demand so i certainly the first i would say three or four years of what we were doing was kind of educating people to what the opportunity was going to be in mobile rather than necessarily helping those individuals to get into the mobile space so yes it was great to get in there at the early days but it was a very it was a bit like the wild west back then yeah nobody knew everybody was running off in lots of different directions and nobody knew (laughs) where it was going to go
0: so where has it gone from there then tell us a little bit about yodel mobile and, and what yodel does today
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the industry as a whole has just matured incredibly. I mean, you know, I'm sure you and most of your listeners here have, have some, have some foot in the, in the mobile and the app space. And, and, you know, it's an incredible, exciting place to be from a, from a Yodel perspective. I mean, we, what we have, what we've really sort of focused on over, over the last, I guess, 10 years is, is really effective through the funnel. Uh, management and uh, from user acquisition to uh, I guess you know valuable retention of those, those users and you know keeping abreast of what's going on in the market and being I guess one of the thought leaders defining trying to help and define what true app growth marketing is about because that's what we are we are an app growth agency we're not just about User acquisition. We're not just about user retention. And the reason we do that is, and it's my belief, that the most successful, um, I guess, support that you can get from a marketing growth perspective is a full funnel um, service from end to end, from acquisition through every aspect of the funnel, from ASO through to onboarding, through to user retention through CRM, app review management, and so on and so forth. And really well underpinned with good insight, solid data, understanding your users, and then building on that insight to get more of those quality users that obviously add value over and above yeah, just the acquisition side of the business.
0: Right. Well, I think we're certainly going to touch on, on both sides of that coin, the, uh, the top of the funnel, as you say, and then, uh, and then the rest of the, uh, the in-app marketing, retention, all of that sort of stuff. I think most of our listeners uh, are, are in the UA management space, uh, marketing directors, that sort of thing. So I do want to focus on on uh, on growth in the user acquisition world, uh, for the most part. Um, and I guess I, I'd, I'd start by asking, what sorts of different marketing opportunities do you see for brands? Uh, are there untapped opportunities out there that you're that you're seeing that most people aren't?
1: yeah i you know that's that's a really pertinent question Uh, i i think you know the, the the traditional the traditional channels are effective they're also going up in terms of price um and as we know with the likes of facebook you know the kind of data and information you get from those from those channels to help you formulate your your ongoing plans uh is 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 being reduced you can't use as much data anymore so uh, as a consequence of that you know I, i think as an industry we're starting to see uh we're starting to see i think a lot more focus on two key things one is new channels new opportunities um and the second is The I guess probably old school going back to the importance of the messaging and the creative. So if we look at those two sort of separately, I think on a channel basis, I mean, we've seen, and and it was massive last year, the introduction of um, podcast style Mm -hmm. apps. So Clubhouse especially, Stereo being another one of those, which is one of our clients. Um, And these are are apps that are coming to the space and kind of changing how people communicate with with each other. Um, and I think, you know, they are they are at the moment at the the very sort of the start of what will be a, a, a very huge growth uh, area over the next couple of years. And what that does, it allows advertisers to dip into that more audio driven um, advertising uh, opportunity, perhaps than than they've had before. So certainly channels like that are, are, are cropping up. Um, The other thing, as I touched on, is is the importance of creative. I think more so than ever now, uh, because of the limitations that you do see in some of the more traditional channels, that the messaging strategy has started to come to bubble up, to to become more important than it perhaps has for the last sort of five, ten years. Um, And I think introducing some of those old school qualities of understanding the message is the medium, what you're actually saying, the nuances of that, um, utilizing the imagery, not just as a, from, from an algorithm delivery point of view, but also from a catching the eye and compelling somebody to convert to a download, I think is going to be something that's going to become more and more important over the next year or two as well. Um, so that, 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 that's, that's just it. I guess some new channels like the audio channels, for instance, but coming back to the value of the creative word, Um, and the imagery that's delivered through that
0: that's uh that's a very interesting insight Uh, as a really combining the the old with the new i'm i've I've got sort of two follow-on questions from that i think and one of them is how do you actually discover new channels what what are what are you using how do you keep your ear to the street
1: yeah great i I think well f- first and foremostly one one myself and the rest of uh, the rest of the guys over at yodel you know we we understand that in order to maintain our place at the head of i guess this this app this app world this app growth world in in terms of the advice and the 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 the, the, the support we provide our clients and beyond that i mean we we do an awful lot of um i guess we do we do a lot a lot of. In, um, uh, if, but, but helping to educate the, the, the marketplace as a whole, but in order to do that, we have to be live to what is happening and changing in the space. So, you know, I myself and and the rest of the team, we task each other to be able to bring to bring to the the the, the regular catch ups we have what what's going on out there, what's what's happening, and where the opportunities are. Um so so that you have to keep abreast of them that way that I mean and and the fact that we're not doing as many conferences as we used to because we physically can't you know does does actually hamper that to to an extent, but on the flip side of that, I mean being in the space that that we are are at the agency we are, we do get approached every day by by new tech that's coming out by new channels that are coming out and um you know trying to and and the, the, believe me there's an awful lot of them so yeah. actually trying to find a way through those through 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 those opportunities so which are the ones to watch is is it's a fun it's a fun place to be um I'm and sure. that i mean that's one thing that never ceases to excite me about this this particular space there's a lot of interest in it there's a lot of there's a because there's a lot potentially a lot of money in it for successful app businesses there's a lot of investment in the space and therefore there's a huge amount of innovation um, and and uh, you know I'm sure you're, you're exactly the same but that that undoubtedly you know excites fills fills me excitement because you know that every day is going to be a, a, an interesting day because something new is going to come along
0: for sure so i think that sort of tees us up pretty well for my next question which is Between these sort of tried and tested channels and and really refining creative versus the sort of new and upcoming channels, at least from my experience working with agencies and and big brands, uh, the more quote-unquote traditional brands, and we've had a couple of guests on the podcast who also talked about getting those types of companies out of their comfort zone, how do you balance between tried and tested channels and the more experimental or
1: out of the box uh, channels. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right, and um, you know it, it, it's a really interesting area to explore. That I think, you know, tried and tested channels, and coming from I, I guess w- with a with a business that perhaps is an established brand rather than necessarily one of sort of the upstarts, the you know the those hugely innovative brands that perhaps are only a year or two, uh, two, years y- two years old, there's a lot of precedent. There's a lot of established practices in the business. And that precedent and established practices are there for a reason. That reason is because they've been successful. So what, with an established business, an established brand, trying to break through those traditional ways of doing things that have reaped reward in the past, is 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 a real you've got to bang a few heads together you know you've you've got to you've got to show how they do those new channels the new solutions work and the new ways of doing things work um and you know you can get an awful lot of pushback on that um uh, and you know, it's the old saying, isn't it? Why, if it's not broken, why, why try and fix it? And I think there's a lot of mentality in that. And, and I think, you know, brand and product managers within a lot of those kind of businesses, you know, that they, that they don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to necessarily be the person putting their head above the parapet to try something that's never been done before and for it to fail. So, you know, the, probably the most effective way of trying to get some of the new, the new channels into play is to do a typical test and learn strategy, minimize the spend and risk, maximize the opportunity by working with those particular channels to show that they work. And then hopefully, you know, prove on relatively small amounts of expenditure that those channels do work because when, when, when that proof is, is there, it's very easy or it's, sorry, it's not very easy, but it's going to be a lot easier to then justify, justify, Right, the ongoing usage of those channels,
0: and is that true also in the other direction? Because when I was researching for this uh, uh, for this conversation, I was I had a look at the list of your customers, at least the the list that's publicized, and you had names on there like The Economist, which I would put as sort of the 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 older world, probably harder to convince to go to new technology. But then you also have companies like Stereo that you mentioned earlier, or Gymshark which I'd imagine it might be difficult to convince them to go with the traditional channels. Have you seen that at play? Yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, well, well done for doing the research, but you're, you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, you, you, it, again, you know, some of that, some of those channels, I mean, Gymshot's a really good example of, of, as a business that has driven their success on influencers. And they do it incredibly well. Um, so why, why should they consider going down a more conventional route? And I think, I think what, what, what tends to happen, and it's the big issue with scaling a business, is that you get to that point where you've been fishing in a particular pool, for so long that you've taken all the that you've 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 actually exhausted the fish in there and it gets to that point with most businesses and you see you see it with established you know app businesses like like uber that you know started out you know doing a huge amount of 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 in app advertising utilizing some of the social channel advertising and it gets to the point where they have to step out of that comfort zone and they because it's exhausted or, or, or it's getting more expensive and then going into other areas such as television or or even you know billboards and posters um and and because you're having to spread into a far greater um, pool of, of opportunity um and that i think is what you start to see with some of those innovative brands and businesses is that you know those costs keep cropping up the the quality of users that are getting in are not necessarily as good as they were at the at the start. So you have to then start casting your net wider. It's the fishing analogy again: casting your 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 net wider to to try and find more of those individuals. And that's when it does start to get a little bit more expensive as well.
0: Right. Well, I think the fish anal- the fishing analogy, works works pretty well in, uh, uh, in in the marketing world. So I think we can carry on with that. Um. So I, I I want I want to get a little bit uh, into into the practicality of things and and how you really how you really do that what challenges do you face uh, uh, what sort of pushback do you get uh, from any of those companies when when you're really fighting that fight
1: Yeah I, I you know it, it is it's the justification you know and and I think. You know, how, proving, proving that that is the, the the solution that you need to go down tends to be or the route you need to go down tends to be one of the hardest things to, 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 to do. Um, the key, I think, again, you know, we touched on it briefly a, a few moments ago. Uh, it, it comes down to the individuals you're dealing with within those companies and whether or not they are. Um, I guess, prepared to come outside of their comfort zone. They're prepared to take a risk as well. Um, And, you know, it has to be a calculated risk. You know, there's always, with those kind of businesses, there's always going to be a few mavericks in there. Now, you know, sometimes those kind of, the the mavericks, you know, pull it off more often than not, they tend not to. So you want to try and get the balance of that sort of, you know, perhaps more level-headedness, with an element of you know strategic insight to go down those routes rather than just doing stuff for, for the sake of doing it because on the off chance it's going to it's going to succeed so i think you know coming back to that point sort of being able to show that these channels do have an impact what that impact will be for them as a particular business um, what the other channels they're utilizing aren't bringing to the party anymore or you know, that the, the, they're not necessarily as cost effective as they were in the past. And then putting together a, a test schedule to show that we go in there, we try it, we get the learnings, we bring it back, we expand, we then go into secondary and tertiary channels along the same lines as those, but then upscale what we're doing in those other channels that work for us, increasing expenditure, and then bringing in that, that uh, creative element to that as well to test and grow where possible.
0: Interesting. So if we then carry that process forward into its natural extension, uh, which I think we talked about uh, earlier in our conversation, right? There's the there's the top of the funnel, and that's really focusing on the user acquisition, which we've done uh, up until this stage. So tell me how that then how we uh, I'm looking for a phishing analogy, but I haven't got one. How we how we bait a new hook uh, to, uh, to to move in then to uh, retention marketing in app efforts. How does that look for you guys uh, a, a, as an agency?
1: Yeah. No, I mean, well done for the analogy. Um, I'm going to try and keep that going for the rest of this this chat <laughs> if I can. Um, good luck. Yeah, I, I think, do, do you know what? I think as the most successful app marketing businesses or the businesses that have apps that are very good at their growth marketing are the ones that really understand the, I guess, the symbiotic relationship of every aspect throughout that funnel. So for instance, the fact that good and volume, uh, a, a good app review and a volume of good app, a volume volume of good app reviews, it's easy for me to say, has a really big impact on the uh, algorithms within the app stores for discoverability, for instance. That good user retention um, will have an impact on uh, bringing more people back back into the app to utilize that app more often in order to generate greater usage, which again has an impact in the organic discoverability of the app. So um, what, what you have is a handful of key areas such as your app store optimization, your initial onboarding process, your app review management, your um, push, getting people to accept push notifications. So you're priming um, your CRM strategy, your recommendation strategy. So they're probably the, the seven or eight key things alongside the top of the funnel, bringing in quality users that are the key elements that you need to be focused on um, throughout your growth journey, um, and you know, pulling those levers when you need to pull those levers, and focusing on maybe one or two key things every month is 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 part of that process. Um, you know, there's a principle called mar- marginal gains, which is a basic principle that means what you do every day, every week, every month, every year is make improvements and those improvements could be in the sense of marginal gains just small improvements but if you're doing so many of those things they add up to you know that 10 15 20 30% improvement you're overall you're looking at so if you're looking at all those key different areas there and you're only improving your conversion rate by 1% from your app store or you put your your push priming getting more people to accept push notifications by 3 or 4% you know they add up, and you're getting to that 10, 15, 20 percent improvement on a month by month basis, and that to me is one of the one of the the, the real secrets of app success. Um, don't get too carried away with focusing on maybe just the quality of you know a small number of the individuals that you're managing to convert through paid user acquisition, you know. If you could spend, you know, eighty percent of your time doing that, and that twenty percent that you're freeing up, you can make a bigger difference further down the funnel, which allows you to maybe spend a little bit more on your page UA or bid slightly higher, but the overall impact on your long-term lifetime value will be far greater.
0: Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're you're combining here a, a real host of skill sets, right? You you talked about eight domains. Uh, in, yeah. the, in the in-app uh, optimization. And then, of course, we have the, the top of the funnel, which is another skill set entirely. How do you, and I'm going to get sort of into operations here because I'm a bit of an operations geek, but how do you manage that as an organization? If you're only focusing on one or two of these elements a month, how do you move the chess pieces in such a way that I guess the, the specialists are in the right place at the right time?
1: yeah no absolutely and and i think the secret to that is to have you have to have two or three all seeing eyes so so i guess people that have grown through one aspect or two aspects of of that growth skill set whether that be paid user acquisition or strategic insight or data or, or even crm that have that ability to see beyond just the, the the lane that they're they're coming back to this fishing analogy the lane they're swimming in <laughs> or the pond they're fishing in so yeah. they can they can come they can they can go beyond that and i think every organization has has a few of those kind of people i think you know as a as a as a business owner here it's being able to spot those individuals and encourage them to think outside of of that space um, and, and they therefore sit within a position within the client um, management structure that allows them to look at those different areas. And then underneath that, you do need the specialists and, you know, you need to have the very best app store optimization people that, you know, the data scientists that are constantly looking at the data and challenging it and finding the insights. Um, so they and, and they need to know that what they do is is essential to the success of the business, but also be aware that there are other areas that will have a positive impact on what they are doing. Um, so that's the way we certainly we structure. And I think a lot of the successful client-based businesses that have that growth function internally um, are the ones that have that kind, same kind of structure.
0: Very cool. I'm always interested in understanding how uh, how business owners run their businesses. Certainly, the the agency <laughs> model is something that is is very customizable and, and quite different across organizations. And I think that Yodel is an organization that's it's also very interesting, and in that you guys do specialize in this world where most agencies, certainly that I come across with, uh, I come across aren't uh, aren't necessarily specializing in uh, in in app marketing, both as you say in uh, in the user acquisition, but also than in uh, into the life cycle and how you how you really develop those uh, those down funnel metrics.
1: Yeah, I I, th- I think you're right, and you know, it, I, I mean, being quite frank, it, it it it's been tough. It's been tough over the years because it doesn't allow you as a business to grow, perhaps as fast and as quickly as as very sort of if you're doing one thing, you know. It, you can bring the bring bring the the, the the talent in you know you can you can you can grow far quicker i mean one of the things that we have done as a business is, is to grow that talent ourselves you know and that takes time you know it takes time to bring somebody through from being a smart grad to you know 3 4 years down the line to be be a growth manager you know um, but on the flip side of that it means that we as a business have as you've so rightly sort of highlighted there, you know certain skill sets and experience that that very few other businesses perhaps have, um, you know. And uh, it, it, I think we approach we approach the app growth space probably quite different to the majority. Not everyone, but the majority of businesses out there, um, and certainly it works for for an awful lot of our clients anyway.
0: Yeah. Well, that's certainly, uh, I, I can certainly confirm that. I think, uh, I think you guys do have a, a, a relatively different perspective than most. Great, thank you, Mick. This has been a uh, an enlightening conversation. I've I've very much enjoyed speaking to you. I have one last question for you. Uh, we've been talking so much about apps today. I'd love to know what app you are impossible to pry away from.
1: <laughs> oh man! Well, I think. I mean, obviously, I could name check all our clients, but that would be unfair. So, um, I'm going to go for two apps that um, that we don't work with. Um, one is City Mapper, um, and I don't know if you've experienced it, but City Mapper it it's one of those apps, and and I mean, it's been very different for 18 months, considering uh, you know, none of us have travelled really. Um, but to me, that was whatever city you you went to, wherever you were in the world um most of the time city mapper would 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 be able to um guide you through that city and it, it it's it's a way of of getting from a to b a, anywhere that you are in that city by any means possible in the most effective way whether that's walking cycling you know on a bus on a and that kind of the kind of um I guess the kind of certainty that you get through that takes away all that anxiety. And for me, you know, as, a, as, as was a, a very regular traveler, it didn't matter where I was. I always knew I could a get to where I needed to be and B get back to my hotel safely. And right. and it, I just love it. Um, so that's the first one. The second one I'd say um, headspace um, and you know what, from one app that I haven't used for 18 months, but hopefully I will be using again, very soon um, to an app that I think has been an, an, a constant companion to me for the last eighteen months, as the world has been going through that COVID nightmare, to to help me relax and focus and get my head into what's important. And um, you know, I, I, I've loved it. You know, I've it, as I say, it's been my constant companion every day. And you know, uh, I, I've I, I couldn't have done without it over those last
0: eighteen months. Very cool. Well, I'll certainly uh, uh, be giving those. Uh, I'll be checking them out, and hopefully, we'll be traveling again in the not too distant future. And uh, and City Mapper will be relevant.
1: Fantastic. Well, when you come to London, use it.
0: <laughs> I will do. I will do. Mick, thank you very much for your time, and uh, I'm sure our guests will love this. Uh, love this episode. Thank you.
1: It's a pleasure. Thanks very much. I've, I've really enjoyed it.